Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck, and along with my co-worker, George Bianchi, we are here at Talladega Super Speedway, where we just watched a 500-mile race on a lovely afternoon. And it was uh, not exactly a predictable result, um, which many Talladega races are not, but this one had uh, some extra twists, including the final stage going completely green and a uh, first-time Super Speedway winner, uh, so Jordan, uh, how are you doing? First of all, <laughs> go ahead. It's good to see you in person. First time since Daytona. It was a very, in a lot of respects, I thought it was a typical Talladega race. You know, it was pack racing. It was some hard hits some big crashes, but you know, and, and a surprise winner, which is part of the Talladega as well. It was, I thought it was good. It was interesting to see how it played out. It, we have an emerging team in, in track house racing, which like, you know, you can say, well, they've gotten lucky or they just kind of went on a little heater at the beginning of the year and Ross won at Coda. Like, no, they come here and they back it up. And I mean, you, you look at the list. I was looking at it during his press conference. And it's like, he's got two wins. The yep. guys who have no wins, Martin Truex Jr., the Harvicks, um, Chase Elliott, Ryan Chase, Blaney, the yeah, top two guys in points have no exactly, wins. Exactly. Joey Logano. Uh, and, and he's got more wins than a Hamlin, you know, and like that. It's like, it's crazy. Like, Ross Chastain has got a lot. Of, it, it's incredible what that team is doing um, and has accomplished in really a year and change now. Right. I mean, if you would have said, you know, even before the season started, oh, yeah, after Talladega, you think who will have more wins, uh, Ross Chastain <laughs> yeah. or Kyle Larson? Yeah, well, Kyle Larson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's like – It's not even close. And and also, I mean, just adding to the unpredictability of it, um, you know, Ross Chastain winning on a super speedway, I mean, it's not really no. – you know, he's not one of the guys we'd – he would probably name, you know, 10, 15 people. Oh, yeah, easy. I mean, he, he's done well in the Xfinity Series, but – he is a driver, and I think Ross will say this, he isn't the most patient driver in the world. And these races tend to be won by guys who are patient, and they wait. And like Ryan Blaney is really good here because he doesn't put himself in bad positions, and he waits for that right opportunity. Ross has gotten into these moments in the Xfinity Series. Remember, he wrecked his teammate at Daytona. Um, and so he just – but today he was really, really patient. And, you know, he, he was able to kind of wait and pick his spots. And at the end, he went for it. And I think he – did it look like he got into the back of the five. I was he trying didn't. to break it down. I, no, I, he, he didn't. didn't. No. So he – well, what, according to what Larson said on pit road, which Ross was surprised at when I asked him. About I was it surprised when I watched the video because I was break, trying to figure it out. It looked like he got in the back of him. So um, obviously, you know, there, you know, Jones got out too far. Jones was in yep. control coming. Yeah, I talked the to, yeah, I talked to. We can talk about Jones because I talked to him on pit road. Well, let, let's talk about Jones first, yep. then. Like, and we'll we'll jump around just a little bit, but as we try to digest the finish, I guess Jones uh, was the leader coming to the white. And then he ends up getting out too far. I, I didn't talk to him. What did, what did, what did he have he, to say? He basically said that. I got out too far, and he didn't hang on to the bottom. And he goes, my spotter may have been telling me, but I would, like, tunnel vision, and I was just 
so focused on what I needed to do. And he goes, I thought I needed to go up and block a lane, and I didn't. I should have stayed low. And if I would have stayed low, I would have been pushed, and I would have been fine. And he's right. He would have, he would have stayed in front of Ross, and Ross would have pushed him to the win. Yeah, so then I ask Larson about that moment where he sees Jones get too far out in front ahead of him. And that he knew that Jones was going to be a sitting duck. So Larson said, hey, I'm right where I want to be. I've got Ross pushing me. I'm on the bottom. And, you know, I'm kind of steaming toward – and I can go wherever I want here. But I, from what he said, unless I misunderstood, he thought that Ross was going to kind of jump up. Mm-hmm. And so Larson moved up okay. to try to make a block. He said, he said Ross baited him from what I understood. Mm. And then he said – Larson said, I made one move, but I should have, you know, made another move and stayed on the bottom. And then basically the seas just parted for Ross. Ross was like committed to the bottom the entire time. He said afterwards, no, I wasn't going to leave the bottom no matter what. I was just going to stay there and see where it got me. And everybody just kept moving up. And then all of a sudden he crossed the finish line and he's like, oh, we won. (laughs) Which goes back to what we're saying though. Like in the past, Ross said this is like, he'd make too many moves. Like he would be trying to do one too many things. And this time he played it smartly. He says he looked back to his Xfinity Series days when it was Justin Haley, who was his colleague teammate at the time. And Justin was very meticulous. And like, I'm going to stay on the bottom and I'm just going to stay here and commit to this. And that's what Ross did. And he didn't make any moves and ended up being the winning move. Well, and I think, you know, it, I don't know if this is totally fair because Larson said he, you know, he clearly had a strategy. He, he was thinking about what he wanted to do there. But... You know, Larson, this was his first top five ever at a super speedway in Cup. And he's clearly not been in those situations. You know, I, I, I always feel like some of these super speedway guys, um, whether they win or not, that we ultimately, like like with McDowell, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, you see him in position sort of at the end of these races over and over again. He has to make mistakes you or whatever. See how it plays out. How right. much the winning, the moves that you need to make and how you put yourself in position and, and anticipate what's going to happen before it does. Right. And so I would have thought that, you know, I, I think Larson probably does, doesn't have that experience. As That's great true. of a driver as Larson is, he hasn't been in these type of late race super speedway situations while he's running first or second. Usually he's been taken out by a wreck. Yeah. Long beforehand, he says that, you know? Yeah, I mean, the thing, when you're the leader in these situations, you're looking in the mirror, then you're looking straight ahead because you're, you're throwing blocks left and right often. And if you haven't done it before, there, it's, it's a skill. I mean, it really, truly is. Yeah, so I know I know it looked from the angle, like the head-on angle that, you know, Larson kind of jumped up and, it, like, Ross could have booted him. But Ross said afterwards he didn't make contact. Larson said, from what again, what I understood, I, I haven't had a chance to go back and listen to the the tape afterwards on pit road, but he said he was he he was trying to make a sure. move to to defend. Uh, it sounded like so. Um, I think that's how that happened. But either way, um, Ross, without having a ton of experience himself, at least in Cup situations late race, uh, for you know a super speedway, uh, he's able to to get it done. So two wins now. And, uh, Two distinct style of tracks, road course and super speedway. He's yep. been fast at Phoenix, which is a mile track. Uh, I mean, it's just they have speed everywhere. They really, really do. It's it's crazy to think, and it's it's interesting to see where. I don't want to spoil something you're working on, but it's like it's 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 interesting to see where you would rank him among the guys you think might be a little, might be a factor later in the year. Yeah, and I I think it just goes into. Um, you know, our, our fantasy sports editor at The Athletic uh, slash uh, gambling editor, 
uh, I'm not sure what his exact title is, but um, Nando DeFino, he, each week he comes up with questions to ask us on The Athletic about the upcoming NASCAR race. And um, one of the questions this week was, who's the championship favorite, right? And we were both kind of like, we don't really know. And I think that's odd to say this late into the season because usually we have kind of an idea mm-hmm. maybe of like, okay, this guy's kind of starting to separate himself. I think, you know, you could probably look at Ross, you could probably look at Byron, but neither of those guys have done it and neither of those guys have made deep playoff runs. Mm-hmm. So are they really, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, they're battle tested, you don't know. Right, And as right. a team that's only in its second year of existence with a driver who is really with a t- competitive team is really only in his second year, if you think about it. Is he going to rise up and <laughs> and be a contender? It's just weird to think about because you don't see this happen in NASCAR. Usually there's right. a real... There's there's the thing you like you win a race then you win a couple races then you're in contention and you you know and you have to have a couple playoff heartbreaks yeah maybe get the final four once exactly but very few people just suddenly go from not really having a history of winning to oh okay I'm winning races now I'm making a deep playoff run I'm winning the championship whatever I mean that would be very surprising but. This new car continues to surprise us constantly, it feels like. Yeah, and if we're going to mention the new car, we should mention it's the same car that Ross won with at Coda. They took here, and that was kind of the, the backbone of this car was you, this is a chassis that is you can race at a variety of tracks, and Trackhouse is proving it once again. I, I think that's, you know, that, that can't be overstated enough, really, that, you know, you could have a road course car, and a month later you've turned it around, and it's now a super speedway car. Uh, you win two races with it. And I, I think it's very fitting as well that the team that has been the first to prove this mm-hmm. concept essentially has been one that took a big bet on the entire model because yeah. Justin Marks by buying out Chip Ganassi and saying, okay, I, I want to be a team owner and doing all that stuff and buy two teams, you know, the, the, the double charters, all that stuff. Like, you know, it, it was, uh, he, he was taking a big bet that this model was going to work, you know, on that the new car was going to, NASCAR was going to come follow through on what they said with it and everything, right? And they're proving it. They are. They're doing it. They're doing it on the racetrack. They're doing it off the racetrack, and they're doing it in their business things. I mean, they, they, you know, Justin. They announced a new sponsorship today, and they're sold out for the rest of this season. I think on both cars, if I'm not mistaken. And he thinks they may have been sold out for next year. That's pretty remarkable, all things considered. And they're continually bringing in new sponsors. They obviously they've got the Pitbull connection, which is which is different. And there's just this kind of upstart renegade rebel kind of mentality with this team that it's it's fascinating to watch because so long in NASCAR, I mean, a lot of these teams are very buttoned up. There's a way to do things, and it's like these guys are coming in and just doing it their own way, and it's fascinating to watch. Yeah, I still kind of resist like the upstart uh, and new team quote element of it a little bit, just in the sense that yes, when he started Trackhouse uh, the first year when they were you know basically like the third RCR team, mm-hmm. um, you know they were really trying to start things up and lay the foundation. But once he got the Ganassi shop and the cars and all those people that we talked about from Coda, that you know the majority of the people there were Ganassi employees it's really been a rebranding of an existing team and a freshening of an existing. Now it's absolutely an injection of life, doing things differently, different culture, all those things. But the foundation was there. It's almost like, um, I don't know. I can't, I can't name one of those reality shows, but you know, I don't know if it's like the Marcus Lamona show. Doesn't he have some show 
where and I'm sure everybody's going like yes, and they're yelling the name of it as you're listening to this. He has a show where he like goes and like yeah, helps. the prophet or something. Yeah, well, yeah, is that right? The prophet that that's well, one of them, I think and he has it. another one too. But um, yeah, the prophet is the one I'm thinking of, uh, where he helps a, a business and he invests in the mm-hmm. business and then he takes it to the next level or something, right? Or he he helps. Yeah. And I think that's you know Justin with all his leadership skills and the new people he's brought in, um, and the, the culture change. You know, you you taken something existing that had the the elements to be good, and then you, you know, put your own touch on it and you take it to the next level. So um, I, I think that's that's what they've done. I mean, but the the base for it was there. It just had to be sort of seasoned the right way. Is that fair? Yeah, he's a chef. He's like a, he's got a recipe and he's making some meatballs or something. You know, he's like salt bay sprinkling <laughs> yeah, yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, he's like a little oregano here, uh, a little onion flake. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, so anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting to see where they go from here. And obviously Suarez, we continue to see him be competitive. He led a lot of laps at the start of this race today. Um, we'll see if he, you know, he's, he's definitely had bad luck and in, in both been of snake the, I mean, Coda, he had a really fast car, won a stage there. Right. Right. Um, and it will, we'll see. I, I, it feels like they're going to win. And of course I have to own once again that I predicted, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Well, I, I just, I mean, being a dead horse. No, it's not being a dead horse. I said that Trackhouse was going to be uh, the most disappointing team of the year. They may be the most surprising best story of the year. In, you know in what? Terms of you teams. know what this means? You should rap about it. Maybe you should write a rap about how you're I wrong. I rap when I'm upset. I'm not. Well, this has no reason to be upset. I'm just wrong. I'll just say I'm wrong, and I'm happy to be wrong about this. Why would I be? You know, it's a great story. It really, yeah, truly we is. Like good stories. We do. We, we, it was. Um, it's interesting to see. And speaking of Suarez, he was among the, many drivers today. Hard hits. A lot of hard hits. Uh, 99, 14, 22, 23, awesome, really. I mean, Bubba got out of his car and he was like kind of, ga- you, know, you know, holding his knees kind of thing. And mm. some, I mean, just to me, it seemed like there's more hard hits today than we normally seen. Yeah, I mean, that could be. I mean, it, I'm sure it has to do with the car being stiffer, but at the same time, I mean, everybody walked away. Yeah. No cars went airborne. That's a huge that was thing. great. Very, um, very and positive. All, actually, there was no, there was no real big one today. There was a, there was the moment when Logano's deal happen on the restart yeah, that was where he like got nine cars out. though wasn't it i mean yeah do you count that as a big one i don't know i was, I was gonna ask you like what do you classify as a big one i mean i think a big one is when you're i mean that that was just kind of a weird deal on the like restart a midi- right? medium one yeah yeah i mean a big one is like when you take out like half the field in one wreck or you know, uh, you, I don't know. you get yeah. a bunch collected i mean that i don't know i mean i it, yeah it was uh, you had a lot of cars come home uh fairly clean yeah, it was. It wasn't. Race, it know? wasn't like you thought. I mean, we, it kind of felt like it was kind of going in that direction because we had that Logano crash, and I was counting, and I'm like, okay, we got like 25 cars left on the track, and we still got a full stage left or so, and it's like, you know, I kept having flashbacks to that Talladega fall race in like 2017 when Brad Keselowski won, and there was like seven cars on the track at the right. end. <laughs> I'm like, are we going to see one of these today? And it, it honestly, I mean, the last stage, it was it was a lot about track position and fuel mileage, which is not something. That you you see a lot or hear a lot of on a um, a speedway race. Yeah, I mean it's uh, I don't know if it's I don't know who came up with the graphic whether it was Steve Luvender or um, NASCAR Chasm, but there's that graphic that keeps going around Twitter uh, every these you know a few times a year where it's like you know the first ninety percent of of speedway super speedway race is like this bar mm-hmm. and then the last 10% is like equally as long, like just because you think, well, this race is going by fast and they wreck, 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 wreck. <laughs> but this, I mean, the entire stage three going green, uh, definitely something that I would not have expected. Um, and it didn't make it a, that didn't change the racing. It didn't make it a bad race. I'm just saying, 
you think that there's going to be one wreck and they're going to go to overtime and you know there, there's there's kind of a these races tend to unfold a certain way and that didn't happen today right right and you know um i was wondering when you know because i obviously don't have the best memory of about thinking about last, uh, previous races but you know i was like man when when's the last time one went this long at the end you know that joe srigley guy who posts he has his like srigley stats or mm -hmm. whatever I don't know if I'm using the right phrasing for his hashtag, but he uh, immediately researched it and found it out. And this was the longest green flag run. Uh, 60, the final 62 laps or 63 laps were, were green. This, that was the longest green flag run to end a Cup Series Super Speedway race since like the Pepsi 400 in like 2004 or something. Interesting. So, uh, 18 years it's been since there was a long green run like that to end a Super Speedway race in Cup. So it's very unusual, obviously. Yeah, but that's an incredible stat. That's uh, fascinating. I'm trying to think who won the 2004 Pepsi 400. I think it was Michael Waltrip. I don't know. He didn't. No, I don't think so. Did he? I thought he won that year. No, yeah, I don't know. I got to look. Right. Anyway, um, so, you know, I, I just think it's uh, it, it, it kind of shows you, though, that you don't need the wrecks at the end to make a good Talladega race because the, the finish was still exciting. They still got bunched up. The one thing I think we should mention, though, drivers afterwards, I don't know what we were kind of on different ends of pit road. So I don't know what the drivers you talked to. Said, I only talked to Eric Jones and then I went to Victory Lane to talk to Ross's dad and Kid Rock. And oh, OK. Gotcha. Um, well, you know, like Austin Dillon, Truex, um, Kyle Busch, Larson. They were saying that, you know, you really couldn't. There's really no point in running three wide like the third lane didn't do anything. And um it, it, you know, so the, the two lanes they had, you were pretty much stuck. They felt like it was, you were kind of stuck. It wasn't much of a passing race. It was much more of a track position race. Yes, I heard that a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, this is only the second race, obviously, like this with, on a, on a big super speed. I don't know if you count Atlanta with, with the new car. Uh, Daytona 500, we thought was really good. This race obviously was packed up a lot. Um, and they stayed together. Uh, you know, they, they did go single file toward the end. But but a lot of guys are saving fuel there too, and there's yeah. there's guys who were like literally being told to stay in line and do not pass. Right, right. Um, I but you know I I guess they felt like they didn't think it was necessarily as racy for a super speedway as the previous generation. Uh, I didn't package. think it was either. Jeff yeah. Gordon, by the way, won that race, 2004 Pepsi 400. Oh, there you go. Um, okay. I agree, and I had this in my notes was well, a couple of things. Is one, it did look like tough to pass. Like you'd have two lanes of cars, and they'd just be next to each other, and no one could really kind of clearly. There was no clear one lane that was superior to the other, mm -hmm. and the leaders would get you know side by side, and it feels like they were just kind of stuck there, and then they you know, and there was the closing rate was the close the closing rate on the cars was much, it felt like to me it was much slower than it has been in the past where you know, you, guys would get runs and they just blow by somebody you couldn't do that today. Well, Exhibit A of that was Ross Chastain mm -hmm. making a couple very late moves that they Ooh. highlighted on the broadcast to pull up in front of guys where if like like one I'm thinking of uh, Denny Hamlin yep. was coming and Chastain at the very last second came up in front of him and if Hamlin had had any sort of run like with mm -hmm. that old package it, that would have been that would have been the big one right there I mean he just would have sent him and that would have turned the whole field and yeah that would have been pretty major but yeah that so yeah they it did seem like they were a little bit slower or maybe more blockable because there was yeah. a couple times today where I was like oh my gosh yeah, what's this person doing and the cars behind just ended up 
pushing them. But and I don't look at it as a bad thing though. Like, oh, this wasn't the typical craziness. Like, I thought it was still good because you could still make passes. You still had guys coming up from the back and, and doing, you know, making their moves. It just was a different way to do it. And I, I was okay with that. I don't need the big craziness of, you know, guys swerving up and down, trying to blocks and then making runs. I, it was a different race, but it doesn't mean it was bad. You know, my thought overall for the entire the entirety of the event. I just kept thinking, you know, almost from start to finish, I was like, yeah, this is a just normal Talladega race. It just felt this is this is Talladega. This is the yeah, usual exact, Talladega thing. That, that's why I said at the beginning yeah. of the show. It's exactly how I felt, too. It's like, this is Talladega. Like, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, this is not a good Talladega race or this is an exceptional Talladega race. It was just like, yeah, this is normally what we see. That's, you know, you kind of wait till the end, see what's going to happen gets all crazy you know mix up go in the last lap everybody's going for it and somebody wins and that's it like it was just but it's exciting i mean they they do a good job with these races to make i mean look at the grandstands i, I mean, talked to the talladega uh, president in victory lane today and he was i don't have the numbers in front of me but he said they told out like the camping grounds and the, the grandstands were up significantly and traffic felt more yeah traffic was more he they were very encouraged and it, it just seems it marks <laughs> Marks was excited. He said, like, I think there's 150,000 people here. I'm like, well, I don't know quite. There was 150,000 here, Justin. But it did feel like there was a lot. And it was energy, energized, and it was excited. And it felt like it felt like, it felt felt like like an event. Yeah. No, I, I think that was uh, – that's a good way to put it. And, you know, they uh, – look, these, these super speedway races, they tend to deliver, and they keep delivering. You know, we had pretty high hopes for this one after Daytona 500 because mm-hmm. that was a good Daytona. And, you know, we weren't let down, you know, it wasn't like, you know, the Martinsville race from a few weeks ago or something where you're just like, oh, this is terrible. I thought we were going to get a much better race. I mean, it was fine. It was good. I mean, but there's a high standard for super speedway races. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, I don't really know how much more you can take away from it because it's not like you can say, well, you know, this team, this shows that this team did this or this says this about this driver. I mean, Chastain obviously you know, having the two wins in the bank and more playoff points and him continuing his good season, you can kind of grab a theme from that. But everybody else, I mean, you know, you, you might have come away with points, but you, like Eric Jones, he walks away with nothing. I mean, really, in the yeah. grand scheme of things, because he needed he needs a win. I really. take that back. He's actually in a pretty deep, I mean, he's outside the Is playoffs right now. He's 17 in yeah. points, but he's actually two spots out because Hamlin's behind him. He's got to win. And I was doing the math, and he's, yeah, I forgot the number, but it's it's a manageable number. And so, and they've ran well this year. People forget, like, he's run really well this year. They finished terribly. Yeah. They can't close out races. But this was a good finish for him, points-wise. And he put himself in a good spot. It was, but they, they need you, to know, win, they need, you know, and you need, obviously, if you can win a racing, you know, punch your ticket, you want to do that. But to still be able to leave here with a sixth-place finish was encouraging. Uh, let's talk to the other side. I think the guy who came out of here and is Tyler Reddick. Because how many times this year we've talked about, like, oh, Tyler's going to win. Tyler's going to win. And it hasn't happened yet. A lot of near misses. You go back a week ago. He's out of the playoffs right now, like provisionally. I mean, really? Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, it's by like a couple of points, but mm-hmm. still, I mean, we, it's something we've talked about where guys, you know, you, you get these opportunities and you got to take advantage of them because you don't know if they're going to come back again. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're running well most weeks, but with this car, we don't know what if that's sustainable. And this isn't like years past where if you hit on something, you can carry you through the year. And you kind of wonder if like you're looking back at this going, man, okay, we finished last today at Dega. We lost all those points. We came off a race where we should have maybe could have won that thing and, you know, whatever. And it's like, you, you know, you, you got to wonder if you, that's going to be something you look at and you go, damn. 
See, when you started down this path, I thought you were going to say Kozlowski because that was one who you yeah. know, we, we looked at coming in yeah. uh, to this race. Is, um, Bob was another one, too. Let's be honest. Bubba, yeah. That, that was it. And he ran well. He did. He um, were a great race for him. I mean, just they, they lost. They, that's the guy who lost track position at the end. And they, he got he, shuffled out. And then it. Yeah. He, and he never got it back. He was leading at the stages or one of the, you know, towards the, one stage one finished up near front and well, stage two. And it, honestly, he was about to get probably a top five. And then the way Kurt came down and tagged oh. him at the end and turned him into the wall. Uh, I mean, obviously total accident to, to, yeah. to do that. But that really, I mean, that. I guess he ended up maybe seventeenth or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. But still it's not it's not a top five. Right. And when you're in that position, you need every point you can. But But Keslowski though, just real quick going back to that, two speeding penalties, including a late one um on the last pit stop in the final stage, ends up getting lapped um after he had gotten back on the lead lap. Uh man, just uh just costly. Unforceable. Costly. Uh, silly mistakes. Can't you can't have unforceable errors like that and uh you got to clean that up, and you come here and you look at a win. And let's see, I think his they've ran better lately. I mean, you know, they they finishing better. They're finishing a top fifteen with a little bit more consistency. They still have a long way to go, but let's be honest. I mean, he, he's 29th in points, and he's starting to run out of races that he yeah. can go reliably and be like, all right, yeah, I'm going mean, to be. He's a, got let's be honest, I think two. I mean, Daytona and Atlanta, and you know, I mean, that's hard. And I'll tell you another guy too, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's thirty first in points. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And that's a guy who's gonna. If his his path to playoffs is gonna be a win, and this was something that it's he, crazy how that the Hamlin victory recently took some heat off him because yeah, um, another you know to run out of gas late at Talladega. I mean, Talladega is a place where he could have won, but it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. I think he dropped four spots and points or yeah, something. Yeah, he's like 23rd, 24th, somewhere in there. But, but, you know, it's like, well, he's got to win, so it's fine. Yeah, all good. He, aside from that, he hasn't really – it's, it's No, I mean, they, that's a team that just – they they can't have clean races. It's something every – it seems like every week it's something. You know, it's one thing or another. They're, they're bad luck or, or mistakes or something. And then today it was like they could – Every there was a lot of talk about fuel at the end, and most people made it on the – you know – Made it, yeah. Didn't they? And I was, he was like the I was only one confused who, about that. Yeah, I was too. Like, but they were. Didn't he pit on? He pit he, at the same time as everybody else. He pit it, but they didn't get all the fuel in or something. I'm not sure. I'm not I sure, but I, it had to because he he made a stop with like four laps to go. So right, and uh, just but that's their season right now. Is like they just can't get everything in the one race they were able to put together. They won. Good for them. Yeah. Um, one thing I also wanted to touch on. I thought this was fascinating. Uh, I think Daniel McFadden asked this question at the very end of the press conference to Ross Chastain. He had said, he, uh, you know, there was that moment um, when Chastain, because Chastain had a speeding penalty, mm-hmm. and he was getting lapped mm-hmm. by the field, and McDowell was right with him, and then Chastain, like, moved up in the middle of the track, oh, yeah. and the whole field split him. Uh-huh. It was a really dangerous, dicey moment. Oh, yeah, moment. Bubba's radio was like, they literally like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, what is he doing? He said afterwards he did it on purpose. Did you hear that? Were you, I did not. No. Yeah, Chastain said I, I did that on purpose, and the reason was is because I knew that I was going to be battling for the lucky dog with Keselowski and McDowell, and Keselowski was in that pack. He'd okay. already been lapped, and McDowell was right with me. And I thought if I could break up the pack, I would maybe you know dissolve the energy enough <laughs> so that I could maybe join up with them 
and be in the lucky dog position ahead of Keselowski. And oh, he's playing top. chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. So he's like, I know they were probably mad at me, and it cost, I think he said it cost Kyle the lead, and they're probably not too happy about that, but it was a calculated thing. Now, it didn't matter because they all got their lap back because yeah. there was enough cautions. But I was like, "Wow, that was a that was a very Chastain like, <laughs> you know, a, some you know, sort of like the next level aggression sometimes that we see yeah. like it's a very subtle way or something." Yeah, I just I just thought, "Wow, he did that on purpose." I just thought it was a miscommunication, like, "Oh, the pack's coming," and I I was sitting across from Kelly Candle, Crandall, and I was like, "How does that even happen?" Like, I mean, you, you see them coming from a mile away yeah. at this track. It's not like they sneak up on you. How do you end up in the middle? But it was on purpose. Wow. Lucky, because that could have been really ugly. That could have been the big one right there, that too. That could have been yeah. the big one. There was a couple near big ones with Ross Chastain. There was. <laughs> you know, moving moving up and that. and uh, But it, it, it all worked out. It all worked out. got the W, baby. Man, super speedways. Crazy. You can see why SMI wanted one with Atlanta, because it's I, I, unpredictable. I, I, and I know the, the risks. I know there's dangerous and everything. But, man, to me, I like watching them because they are like a chess match. And there is a strategic element of it. And it's fascinating to watch it unfold in real time. And, to di- and then to go back and digest it afterwards, it's like breaking down game film from an NFL game or something. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, it really is sort of like a frame-by-frame frame yeah, type and thing. It, it's, I, I don't think guys get enough credit for the skills that they have for doing these races and continually having success in them. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, like, Kyle Larson was talking on Saturday about, you know, I just, I've tried every which way to finish these races and, you know, all these different strategies, hang in the back, run up front, you know, do all this stuff. He's like, this time, he said this before the race, like, I didn't even watch film. Like, <laughs> I went into, I'm just like, it doesn't even matter, whatever. Like, because I wreck out every time. It's a Kyle Bush and approach. He, what's that? It's a Kyle Bush approach. I think Kyle Bush watches more film now. No, I wrote a story on The Athletic about this last fall going into Talladega about how drivers prepare. And what different? Oh, you're di- saying for Talladega? For Talladega, and for yeah, I mean Kyle Bush watches film general, but I said, how do you prepare for Talladega? Oh yeah, yeah. and he's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Larson usually sounded like he did, and then this time he was like, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna worry about it. And he almost won. He so. almost won. There you go. So maybe maybe yeah. it's better just to show up and not know you have a test and just you know see if you can wing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else? What else from the Talladega weekend? Uh, you know, or from from this race? was on your mind before we move on to formula one not much we touched on everything i thought it was a good weekend it, the grandstands were largely full um a lot of you know it seemed like the broadcast on tv went well um uh, dale Earnhardt jr was really people seemed to really like that dale jr was he in was the booth great. and uh they they gave really good feedback on that he's so good to digest super speedway racing yeah and he's a really good counter to boyer i think boyer's good but boyer gets excitable right and you know, sometimes he just kind of goes out there like junior kept him like kind of level and like they just had good rapport. I thought it was a really, really good broadcast. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, obviously both of us being here, we, it wasn't like the normal when you're sitting at home and you're, you know, seeing it on TV. I, I didn't really hear, I, I saw, I heard some of it, but not a ton. So I can't really weigh in too much. And, um, you know, I, I saw you know, a lot of your concerns about commercials, especially early on in the race where they were doing them every 10 laps. But again, I, it's hard, you know, being here, I, I just can't really understand the, I mean, I look, I understand most weeks because I see the commercials when I'm at home or something too. But when, when you're here, it's just, you're, it just switches over to the track vision feed, whatever the, they call yeah. it now. And, uh, you know, you just watch that. So you don't even really notice that it's gone to commercial. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I feel you on that, especially people had said, oh, I watched F1 earlier in the day, no commercials. And then you, you know, they, they I, I get that, but. 
I don't think anything's going to change anytime soon. Not when they're not when they're paying as much money. They got to make their the networks got to make their money back somehow. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, let's talk about F1 then, uh, because we were able to watch that this morning. Um, I like I like these days when uh, things you, you, the races are not overlapping at all. Everything's nice and staggered. Like it was a few weeks ago when you had like uh, F1, IndyCar, and NASCAR all mm-hmm. back to back to back kind of thing. Um, I, I like I like when it flows like that. You can, you know, you have a, just a whole day of racing. You wake up, have some breakfast, watch the Formula One race, and then it was nice. And then you'd have to, for us, it was like you'd have to be at the track at 7 a.m., which is a nice thing. And you could watch the race, and it's it's good. And it's, I don't know, I mean, Formula One, it was interesting because this was such a weekend for Ferrari. This was like, their, you know, Leclerc's the championship point leader. He's won two races. Things are good. And it just Ferrari's back, right? Excitement. And then it just went completely sideways and it's like now how do you digest this if you're ferrari yeah well first of all a couple thoughts so it's very unfortunate for signs to get taken out like that because that wasn't his fault i think ricardo got in a little bit hot off the curb there and just took him out and signs i mean i i don't i could he have done anything differently no it's just bad luck there yeah so that's unfortunate and that um you know i i think even I had written last week on the athletic, um, after Australia, you know, there's nobody that said that signs has to be the number two to Leclerc. I mean, Leclerc could still, you know, have a challenge from his own teammates yeah. in terms of if, if he got hot or something, well, now that's done. Yeah. That's done now. I mean, there's no way that they can ever look at it the rest of this year anyway and say, okay, well, you know, he signs is going to have to move over. He's, he's going to have to play the, the wing man. He's, he's, yeah. he's, yeah. He's, he's got to play to Leclerc. And this was a weekend that, for Max, was you win the pole. You, you set fast time. You win, win the, the race. sprint race. You win the sprint race. And it's like this was just – it was it was a really great weekend. And, and it was the weekend you needed. It, after everything that's happened so far and the season's kind of gone a little bit haywire and it hasn't been smooth and there's a lot of question marks and, like, another DNF today and it would have really flipped that championship in it to a, a different way – and now it's like all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it was uh, Horner pointed out that when you take the sprint race points and the race points um, and Checo and Max together, they basically scored like all but one of the because you know Leclerc was second in the sprint race and Checo was third. But aside from that one position, Red Bull scored almost maximum points mm-hmm. for the entire weekend. So big for them, and it shows you how you know I think. Uh, Le- Leclerc's lead is down to seven, 27 points now. Um, and you, it can show you how fast it can change. Because, I mean, Max, if he doesn't have those two DNFs, he's probably the points leader at this point now, especially with Leclerc's um, goof today. I, I, That was a very Ferrari-esque type thing. And, they, and it wasn't all-out Ferrari-esque, but, you know, he's going to finish third. He's going to get a podium. Just, he has a massive point. Just lead. take the third. Right. Like you're and in this championship. Like, Let's pit for softs and go for fastest lap. 
and the, even the commentators were like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're going to get that one extra point, and I understand it's your home crowd, but you know, you've got a big lead, right? Like you got this play is, the long game here. You manage it. Yeah, manage it. That's, it's, that's like what you, a championship. You know, you're going to like Red Bull's going to win this race. Like finish the best you can. If you've got right. a third place car, I always say finish third, and they didn't today. Well, and so they, you know, they get away with a clean pit stop. No, nothing there. So it's like, okay, well, this is fine. But then he's pushing and he spins out. Now, fortunately, he was able to rally back to seventh place and it didn't cost him like a massive. It could have been dire. But that could have been, that could have completely taken him out of the points. Mm -hmm. And it did cost him enough points that it'll make an impact at some point, probably. I just think why, you know, that's got to be, Ferrari's got to take a step back and say, look, 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 okay. It's going to be a long season. Red Bull is clearly our, our, I mean, Mercedes is not even a factor right now. Lewis Hamilton, P14, can't even pass Lance Stroll, can't pass Gasly. Hard to drive fast when you got a fork sticking out of your back. Ooh. I'm just saying. I mean, it's like, like, you think he's done? I don't know. I mean, that's a little joke, but I mean, like, it's, I mean, look at what he, I, I said this on our podcast, like, what, a week ago or two weeks ago? Like, I understand Mercedes has got issues. Their car is not good, right? But George Russell is out-qualifying him on a regular basis and is outperforming him. P4 well, today. Yeah, like, Russell did what we just talked about. He, he, he's finished top five every race this year, by the way. Like, and so Lewis Hamilton and is one of, if not the greatest Formula 1 driver of all time. I'm not going to have that debate. But, like, what, what, how are you not able to adapt to this car? Like, how are you not able to, like, at least wrangle this enough where you're finishing in the points, whereas your inexperienced teammate who's never driven with a championship contending team, you know, this this class team before, is outperforming you on a regular basis? There is no way. Like, what is going on? That's Figure it question. out. That's and so, yeah, I mean, he, and he's to, at an age where it, it goes away quick. We have seen it with a lot of guys where. But how could it go away that quickly? You could say the same thing about Jimmy Johnson. No, no. As recently as November, Lewis Hamilton should have won the championship. He okay. had he okay. outdrove Max Verstappen in Abu Dhabi. Yep, I don't do that. I agree. A few months later, he suddenly lost it. Jimmy Johnson wins a 2016 championship. He wins because Carl Edwards wrecked. Well, there's still he still won the championship, and then he won three of the first like ten races in the 2017 season, and his last win came at Dover. And it was like the third win and like like I said, eleven races, and it was like eighth championship. He's putting himself in a position, never won again. Those Jimmy if you go back at first of all, those Jimmy wins uh on that season, um, those weren't convincing wins. The one at Fontana was. I don't I mean, I'll have to go back and think about it. But I, I don't think I think I remember like even that Dover win being almost like he I don't want to say he stole it or backed into it. I know back to, backing into wins is a big thing these days. Yeah, but, Kyle Busch over here. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. The point is, I, I don't think Lewis Hamilton, you know, it's the car. It's the car. It's just so, not. It's, so then be the world-class driver you are and figure it out and stop getting your butt kicked. Will Lewis Hamilton win this season? No. I don't know if Mercedes is going to win a race this year. I mean, You don't yeah. think Lewis Hamilton will win a race this no, entire season. No, it's not. It's not. It's happened all the time in Formula One, where guys will have great years and then they fall off the the, the map the next year, and for a lot of different reasons. Daniel Ricciardo won a race last year. Yeah, and he needed a little bit of luck and some things to well, happen. You don't think that that uh, Ferrari and Red Bull can have a bad race and Lewis is there to? There's so the, for Ferrari and Red Bull would not. So there's a combination of factors here. Like Ferrari and Red Bull both have to have bad races. Mercedes all of a sudden is going to have to find something in its cars where they're better than McLaren. 
And then Lewis Hamilton's going to have to like take the fork out of his back <laughs> and like figure out how to beat his teammate. And he that's a lot that has to go right at this point. Man, you are really down on Lewis. I just it's it's, it's just annoying. I mean, I don't understand how the, the disparity between the performances is just I get that. It, 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 I, get I just that. it's mind-boggling to me. And there's a lot of complaining going on 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 that side and it's like in the day it is what it is. You got to make the best out of it. And again, Russell's doing that and he's not. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel like Russell is probably, I mean, maybe he's more adaptable at this point, you know, young guy, and he doesn't know what the feel is out of a car or something that he's, you know, if, at least a fast car. He's He hasn't driven too many of those in his career, so. I, I wonder, and this is complete conjecture at my point. I'm, not, I'm just, this is just me speculating, probably shouldn't say this, but like, we, there was a lot of talk this offseason, like about Lewis, of like, was he going to retire? Was he done? He was frustrated with how the championship, you know, got lost. Is it like, did he, does he even really want to do this? Is he just kind of going through the motions, you know? That, that, I'm, I mean, why? I don't think so. But we don't know. I mean, I'm just wondering, though. Because Lewis Hamilton? He, he, we, how much do we talk about in the offseason about, oh, he, you know, he's, does he want it? Is he going to come back? Is he going to sign his contract? Oh, he unfouled. Didn't he, like, do something? Everybody. Like, yeah, I mean, like, there's just all of this talk of, like, yeah. And, and then, so, I mean, I think it's natural to wonder, like, is your, you really want to be here? He's still Lewis Hamilton. Okay. He's the goat. Okay. okay. Like, I mean, it's, he's still, he's not over the hill yet. Uh, I think he's just got to figure out the car. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm, I, I think they're going to, I still think they're going to, I mean, Mercedes has brilliant, brilliant people there. They're not just going to be like, oh, no, geez. no, I mean, they're not going like, to mail oh. it in by any means, but I mean, they're, they're, they're going to win races. They are. Yeah, I, um, we see this all the time in Formula One, man. It's there's who's going to win the championship right now, Formula One. Max, I agree. Yeah, I think he's. I, I like I for think our, Leclerc. I feel bad saying that because Leclerc's had a great start, but when Max has finished races this year, it's experience. He's two for two, but it's, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, though, which is about you kind of have to go through this. To you have to lose one to win one is what I always say. Whether it's any sport, I always I really feel that way. Like. And I feel like this is going to be the one that gets away from Charles, and he's going to look back and say, ah, yeah, but he's going to be better off for it. Well, I mean, they've got to pick it up quick. And uh, the next race, Miami. And we'll both be there. Yeah. That'll be exciting. We'll Can't get to see in person what the next chapter of this F1 saga will be. I, the crowd in Miami is going to be electric. I can't wait. It's going to be fascinating to be there and watch and see what what it's like. I just am going to be fascinated by what wardrobe you're going to bring to Miami because mm -hmm. you already try to go. If you're going to wear a sport coat to Talladega today, I'm sure you're going to go big for Miami. Try to class so. up the joint a little bit, bring a little style to the boulevard. Okay, well, Miami's <laughs> already going to be classed up, so how are you going to do it there? Oh, don't worry about that, sir. Oh, okay. Don't you worry about that. Do you have a plan? I haven't even thought about that. We'll be fine. I got, you I mean, haven't thought about it. I've got sparkly shoes in my... Weeks, I, you're talking to guys who got weeks. sparkly shoes in his closet. Listen, I'm not worried about it, okay? You might want to check those for Cheerios. Um, <laughs> anyway. Your problem is. Well, guess what, Jordan? Last week on the Was It a Good Race poll, I talked you out of what would have been a very, very close guess. Yeah, way to go, jerk. <laughs> I told you for the Bristol Dirt Race that it... you Because you would originally guessed 65%. And I said, oh, you know, Jordan, last year it was 78% or something. This was even better. Now people might be out on it. So you upped yours to 70. Uh, I was 75, and it was in the 60s. So you would have had a very close <laughs> guess. You'd still gained on the tiebreaker, 
but you've now won two weeks in a row. It's six to four. Uh, I think you're big Joe wall 72. Of course, shout out to him for tallying this every week and, and, uh, shooting us a message, but, uh, yeah, Jordan, you get to go first again with this Talladega race. Can I defer to you and let, nope, nope. You can't, it's not like a coin toss. Nope. Mm. This is the penalty for winning. That's how we keep it close. Parody. Parody. Parody sucks. <laughs> uh, uh, 73. That's a pretty good guess. I'll I'll say 79. I don't really know why. I think you're right. I think it's going to be higher. You do? I think you're, it's going to be like a 77 or something like that. It'd probably be in the 70s, huh? I'm probably too low. I don't know. I think it, it might be. Yeah, it might be in between. So you said 73. Yeah. I say 79. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's going to. Yeah. I got to play the long game with the tiebreaker here and everything. So, uh, well, Dover's next week. And that's going to be a real interesting one, Jordan, because uh, another track where the next yeah. gen is going to for the first time. And um, yeah, Dover just, needs a good race. Really needs a good race for a lot of reasons. And I'm really I stop saying fascinated. <laughs> um. Dover Motor Speedway now, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to screw that up like 20 Dover times. Dover Motor say. Speedway. How about that? Yeah. SMI um, owns it now. It's First race under the SMI banner. Yeah. At the, curious to see what this is going to be like under new leadership and whether it's a really important market. Let's just, you know, Philadelphia, Baltimore, D.C., New York, they're all close by. And it, that you need to have a race in that area. But they haven't had a good race in a while, and when you get new leadership, you just there starts to be this questions, right? I mean, I I, I think Dover has a capability, but it's just going to be a big question mark. Obviously, I've, uh, you know, we'll see how the tire goes there. New uh, car, you know, we'll see this car. It, you know, Dover, it it kind of jumps in and falls off a cliff when they go through the turns. Mm-hmm. Um, one time, I got to go on a, a ride along in a two seater with Tony Stewart at Dover. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was like a roller coaster because you go into turn one and you like shoot down this hill, like it, you drop down almost like gives you that, like a uh, bit mm-hmm. of a feeling in your stomach, you know? And, uh, it's pretty cool. Like it's a cool track, but this, tra- this car is pretty low to the ground. Um, we know it bottoms out things like that. Um, so well, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it does. Um, hopefully won't be too much of an arrow race. Hopefully it won't be too hard to pass, but we won't really know. You hope it's like Fontana, right? I mean, that's the best case scenario is that you get a like that. It's guys, it's competitive. Guys are fighting their cars or on hard the to edge. Control, and, yeah. and there at Dover, it's really, you can quickly lose control. Not like a 550 package race from Dover. Like no, and I'm trying to think, ago. is Dover the highest banked track that it's been on so far? I mean, Bristol's dirt, so that doesn't count. Oh, Bristol dirt doesn't count. Well, they, they knocked down the banking that it normally oh, is, is okay. what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if, if Dover's higher than like Talladega. Or yeah, I'd have to something. wonder about that. But it's anyway. it's, it's going to be a really good litmus test to see what this yeah. car's at. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. It'll be be interesting. And then uh, Darlington slash Miami Grand Prix. Darlington after that. good. So Darlington, Darlington everybody this, says with this car. Oh, this after Fontana was like, it was yeah. like circle like this. Is, Darlington's going to be fun. Yeah. We'll be uh, watching that from the peanut gallery somewhere at the Miami Grand Prix after the race. But. Anyway, uh, well, everybody, we appreciate you, as always, for listening. We also appreciate you supporting our work. We have some uh, stories on The Athletic uh, that have been out that we're uh, proud of recently and will continue to come out. 
Um, and to get all the latest deals, you can go to theathletic.com slash teardown. And you should see the latest deal there, which I last I checked was $1 a month for the first six months for new subscribers. And you get access to the entire site. Uh, so every sport that The Athletic has, which is like all of them. I don't know if they have like darts or something. But aside from that, they have pretty much like every. We cover sport. all the major sports. Yes. Uh, in depth. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, um, well, we'll talk to you um, next week from Dover. Of course, on this feed as well. Make sure to check out the 12 questions with Checo Perez. Um, that will be coming out this week uh, on the free feed for those of you listening on Apple Podcasts. So stay tuned to that one as well. And until then, we'll talk to you next time on The Terry.